Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I want to go right into the Word sign. If you grab your Bibles, I'd like you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Cody, thank you so much, buddy. Love you. Love the worship team. My God. Come on, let's just thank God for our worship team. This is really a special, special night. And it's a sobering night on this 20-year anniversary of remembrance and honor for 9-11, September 11th. And I want to speak tonight concerning our nation. And I want to speak to you tonight concerning where is God in the midst of tragedy? Where is God in the midst of, of tragedy? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your word. I thank you, Lord, that you have made me a messenger. And now I pray, God, that the fire of your word flows in and through this place and upon your people and through your people. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you give illumination and revelation tonight. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm beginning to read in verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. Isn't that beautiful? The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. I want you to say that with me. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. One more time. The Father of mercies. And the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Tonight, I think if we... If I took the microphone and began to pass it throughout this congregation, I think we could be here until the sun comes up. And people would tell you of the testimonies of the greatness and the glory of God in their lives concerning what looks seemingly impossible. That God, the God of all comfort, was able to come and bring great healing. Great healing. He was able to release comfort. He was able to release his delivering power. He is faithful. We would speak of the faithfulness of God. Literally what seemed impossible. God's tender mercies came and touched our lives. And it was only him and he alone. And he deserves the glory. Amen. Time does not heal all things. Time does not heal all things, but our God is the one who heals all things, all things. He is our father and he's the God of all comfort. Never forget that. Listen, never forget that. He's the God of all comfort. It is hard to believe that it's been 20 years since the attack upon our nation. 
it is hard to believe, 20 years ago. Um, we will never forget those images. We will never forget the shock and the awe that we experienced on this day, this very day, 20 years ago. Victoria was one month old at this time. Josiah was just a year old. And I remember watching the second plane um, go into the Trade Tower live. Uh, in fact, that week, we, we had just come home off the road. We had been out traveling in another state, and we had come home, and I was still in bed that morning. It felt so good to actually sleep in because we were extremely busy. And we had a little television in our, our master bedroom, and I remember turning on <laughs> Regis and Kathy Lee. I wasn't a big fan, but that's what was on TV. And I remember them stopping the broadcast and saying, there's, there's something that's happened downtown New York. We're going straight to the news. And they broke away. And while we were watching and I'm listening, they, they're saying that a plane had come into the, the Trade Center that I called my wife and she came in there. And we're just perplexed. And we were watching and we watched live as in the, in the screen as the plane came in and went right into the second tower. And we were in total shock. And within moments, I just began to scream at the screen and to everyone there, get out of those buildings, they're coming down. Get out of those buildings, they're coming down. It was devastating. Um, all of us remember... Um, the the around-the-clock news cycle of everything we were learning. I remember well the split screen of Ground Zero. Um, how many of you remember that? Where it was just 24-7 around the clock of literally rescue and heroes digging through the wreckage. And... <sighs> People looking for signs of life. Anyone that could be under the rubble. I remember us learning of the, the information immediately concerning the terrorists and the planes. And how many remember that George W. Bush was here in Sarasota, Florida on that day at Booker, I believe it was Booker Middle School, speaking that day to the children. I specifically remember the prayer meetings at our church where we were at. And where were you on that day? I remember our prayer meetings. I remember the sounds of weeping. I remember the church being packed. I remember our prayer room being packed. People in weeping for our nation, seeking God, calling on God. All of us were devastated. Our hearts were so impacted. People ask this question tonight. I want you to write it down. Where is God in tragedy? Where is God in tragedy? Why, why did he allow this to happen? Why didn't God stop this? I wrote this today as I was thinking. One man on Fox News, he, he was interviewing a national minister. And the guy on Fox News, he said, why, why didn't God deal with this? Why did God allow this to happen? And it's amazing that people carry 
this lofty idea or really it's a wrong belief concerning life on this fallen planet and that is that people believe that God is in control and he's not God is in charge he's not in control he's never controlled your life not one day in your life has he ever controlled you you have been blessed with authorization and control of your life. Did you know that did you did you know that self-control is the fruit of the spirit? God's not controlling you. He's not controlling me right now. He's never controlled you one day in your life. God is in charge and ultimately because he is the righteous judge, all things will one day come underneath his auspices to be the righteous judge. And every man and woman will stand before the throne of the Lord and be judged for what they did in their bodies or what they didn't do. I'm going to go there another night. Here's the good news, and that is, is that one day is coming and God will make all things new. We are racing towards a new era. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Look, folks, you, you either believe this book or you don't. You either believe all of this or you don't. That day on Fox News, the minister said, he said, well, God had a reason for allowing this to happen. <laughs> Boy, I was baffled. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you what, that's very harmful. That is very dangerous to misrepresent the character of God. You do not misrepresent the nature of God. You do not misrepresent the nature of God, the character of God. People that are under, hear me tonight, people that are under a demonic influence, people who are obsessed with death, people who are obsessed with killing, people who are obsessed with demons, carried out these wicked atrocities. This is a big point tonight. God is not to be tied to man's evil actions who are filled with devils. Stop giving God a bad name. Stop giving God a bad name. We need to stop this. Silly ministers, careless ministers, and people in the church. We need to stop giving God a bad name. It is not his character and his nature. He is life. He is life. Are you with me tonight? I'm going to end up preaching strong tonight if God gives me the strength. I want you to stay with me. He is life. John 10, 10, we know it well. It says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have life more abundantly. Recently, my wife and I, we were in North Carolina and we had the privilege to go to Billy Graham's training center. It was a powerful time for the two of us. We saw pictures of Billy Graham on... 9-11, or just days after 9-11, when he addressed the nation, we saw pictures of him when he was praying with President George W. Bush. And I was reading some of his words standing there that day and just remembering, remembering how it felt at that time, remembering how vulnerable we were. 
When we look at 9-11, how do we understand something like this? These are some questions I just want to probe and open your heart to tonight. How do we begin to understand things like this? How do we consider this level of evil? How do we do that? And what are some of the lessons that we can learn? And are we learning right now from 9-11? Are we? Number one, I submit this to you tonight. When we look at 9-11, we are clearly reminded of the mystery, the mystery and the reality that there is evil in the world. Are you with me tonight? I've been asked probably hundreds of times, why does, why does God allow suffering and pain? And, and again, most people believe that God is in control of everything. And that's not something that I'm going to actually move into to dissect tonight. But I did write in Bold as Lions a powerful chapter called The Prevailing Church. If you've not picked it up, this is a shameless ad that's going on tonight. You need to pick up Bold as Lions. I took time to open this up concerning the will of God and concerning God being in charge that he's not controlling things. Okay? I, I encourage you to pick that up. So many people have asked me concerning where is God in suffering? Where is God in tragedy? I have to, and you and I have to accept by faith that God is sovereign. Now, that doesn't answer everything for us, but it has to be bedrock in our spirit as a revelation. He is sovereign. That, and beyond that, that he is a God of love. That he is a God of mercy. He is a God of great compassion in the midst of suffering. When people say, where is God in the midst of tragedy? I will often say, well, look very good because he's right in the midst of it. He is right in the midst of it. How many of you remember in the images of the Twin Towers as they had fallen and all the buildings were just twisted and mangled? How many of you remember the cross, about that 30-foot cross that just stood there right in the midst? How many of you remember that? That's almost everybody in this room. God is right in the midst of trouble. God is right in the midst of pain. In fact, his name is Emmanuel. It means he's God with us. He's God with us. He's right in the midst. I didn't like some of the things that careless leaders, governmental leaders were saying today, even in some of their speeches concerning our nation. It was evident. It was abundantly clear. They don't know our God, and he's not their father yet. <laughs> the Bible says that God is not the author of evil. Isn't that right? He's not the author of evil. In 2 Thessalonians, put it in your notes, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible talks about the mystery of lawlessness or the mystery of iniquity. The Old Testament prophet Jeremiah, he said that the heart is deceitful above all things. There is evil in this world, ladies and gentlemen, and there is evil that because men's hearts have not been surrendered and yielded over to the love of God, they have, they have joined themselves in an alliance 
with demonic inspirations. They have yielded themselves to demonic spirits and demonic inspirations. That is where it comes from. There is evil in this world. And I'll tell you, my friend, man without God is very ugly. We are hopeless without a good God and a good father. And I will tell you, we are hopeless without the God of all comfort. That is who we need in this hour. A lesson of 9-11, and it, again, it's just amazing, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, it's not only about the mystery of iniquity or the mystery of lawlessness, but second, it is a lesson about our need of one another. Ah, I think you need to go deeper because that doesn't sound too deep. Our lesson and our need for one another. You know, God is the only God who can bring beauty from ashes. He is the only God that can bring the oil of joy. Is that rain? That sounds really good. For those of you online, it sounds really good. He's the only one that can pour out the oil of joy for mourning. On 9-11, New York and Washington, they were an example to the entire world in 2001. What do I mean by that? There were these endless pictures of true heroes in this country. Firefighters, policemen, police chiefs, the mayor of, our, uh, of New York, all of these individuals, there were hundreds of people standing in line after line after line donating blood. I remember all of these captions and images and frames just going through just the vault of my memory. A tragedy like what we experienced could have torn us apart. But instead, in that hour, it literally brought a unification to America. Evil people tried to destroy America and tear us apart. But thank God it did not work. It actually, it actually backlashed. It actually, actually, <laughs> got to get my words out, actually backlashed. Especially in the church. The church went to prayer. The church went to unity. The church came again to the altars. The church stopped waiting for someone to lay hands on them. The, sh the church stopped waiting for another prayer line or for somebody to lay hands on them. And they came to the altar themselves. And they sought God for something beyond themselves. They began to seek God for the healing of our nation. And the call is still going out that if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. And then I shall forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Are you with me tonight? 20 years later, it is very sobering where we stand tonight because we see the weapons of the enemy's warfare that he has tried to tear our nation limb to limb. 
He has torn this nation apart, unfortunately. In those days, it was everyone was ready to serve and care for anyone. Now we're being told today that hospitals are thinking now about not even serving people unless they're vaccinated. Another ploy to separate us from one another. It's a sad day. Where is God in all of this tragedy? And it's not just about what happened 20 years ago. It's about what's been happening even in the last couple years. Where is God in the midst of all this? Where is God in the midst of sickness, Brian? Where is God in the midst of this hardship that I'm facing? Where's God in the midst of death that is struck? It's so easy to wonder, where is God? And perhaps you're here tonight, and maybe you're facing the same question. Or maybe, maybe you're facing heartbreaking loss tonight yourself. How could God let this happen to me? Have you ever asked that question? How could God let this happen to me? I tell you tonight, God is in the midst of us. And he's right in plain sight. But he's found by those who come to him. God is found by those who come to him. He is calling out in loving kindness. He's he's calling out in mercy. He's calling out in grace. He's the God of all comfort. And he says, to all that are willing, come to me. All that are willing, come to me. All of you that are burdened, all of you that are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. I will give you true peace. In Psalm 23, we know it well. Psalm 23, David actually praised God in his writings right in the midst of trials and afflictions. You know, when we, when we sing that, when we come into the house of God and, and Cody and the team lift, lift the anthem, let's raise a hallelujah, which means let's give God the highest praise. Guys, that has to be a lifestyle. <laughs> it means that when we're in the midst of horrible afflictions and trials and pain, that's the time where we've got to strap on our boots, so to speak, And we've got to go to war with our praise and with our worship. And we've got to rise up in our faith and in the power of the Spirit and say, regardless of what I see in the natural, I'm going to rise up and walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to let a hallelujah come up out of my mouth. I will raise a hallelujah. This is what he said. Yea, though though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. There it is. You are with me. Never lose sight of that, my brother. Never lose sight of that. God is with you now. He will always be with you. I was just sitting with Chris days ago talking about the process of Lois's life and her legacy. And I reminded him, and I remind you all tonight, God is with you now. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never fail you. He is faithful. 
He said, God, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Notice he says, you anoint my, whole, my, my head with oil. My cup runs over. A mentor in our life used to say, you don't measure fullness by full. You measure fullness by overflow. Isn't that good? Overflow. Man, that rain just sounds really wonderful. God, you are with me. Say that right now. God, you're with me. You're with me now. You're with me now. See, what's really wild is unlike us, God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He knows what's going to happen next week, next year. He knows what's going to happen next decade. Did you know that 2020 didn't surprise God? He's not white-knuckling the throne. He didn't call an emergency board meeting with Michael and Gabriel. What are we going to do? The earth's in trouble. No, they're preparing for the bride. God knows what's going to happen. He knows all things. That doesn't mean God's in control, but he knows. The word tells us in Isaiah 46, verse 10, he said, I am God. There is none like me. Don't you love God's humility? <laughs> I am God. There is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. Declaring the end from the beginning. God knows what's going to happen in the world. In fact, prophecy is preparing us for what is getting ready to come upon the world. Biblical prophecy is preparing us right now for what is getting ready to come upon the earth. God doesn't want you scared. God wants you prepared. Are you with me tonight? He wants you prepared. He's a good and perfect father. And that's why he told us in advance, you need to know what's coming so that you are anxious for nothing. Do I need to run on these chairs tonight? He told us in advance. He told us in advance what is coming so that we wouldn't be anxious for nothing. But in all things, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God in the peace of God. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. God knows what's going to happen in the world. But more importantly tonight, I want to dial it down for you. God knows what will occur in your life. And if you've chosen to make him your Lord, and some of you may do that tonight. And boy, if you haven't, tonight is your night to give your life to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God knows what's going to occur in your life. Psalm chapter 46, verse 1. 
God can be this for you tonight. He can be your refuge and your strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. I love that. God is our refuge. God is our strength. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Again, I'm telling you, if I pass this mic around tonight, people could tell you God was ever-present. Where it seemed like the world was coming apart at the seams, God was ever-present. He was right there in the midst. But See, we have to actually make a sincere effort towards God to seek Him. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13, Jeremiah said this, you will seek me and then you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Did you hear that? You will search for me, you will seek me, and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Where is God in tragedy? All you have to do is open your eyes and seek him. And you will see him standing in the midst of you. He will be that fourth man in the fiery furnace. Standing right there with you. His presence upon you. Enveloping you. Shielding you. Raising your head up. The keeper of your heart. The keeper of your life. The keeper of your destiny. The keeper of your family. The keeper of your children. The keeper of your grandchildren. He is our God. He will never fail you. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. We're going to take a commercial break. I'm just going to get a swig here. The Lord is really helping me tonight. Praise God. John chapter 16, verse 33. When we go through trouble, we have to know this, guys. Because we belong to God doesn't mean that we are exempt from trouble. I want to say that again. Because we know God and because we belong to God, it doesn't mean that we are exempt from trouble. These are not the words of, G, uh, of Brian. They're the words of Jesus. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. And in the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. My God. When a terrorist attack occurs, when a massacre occurs where there's suffering where there's death, many times the righteous are right there involved. I, I was thinking today about the Columbine shooting. How many remember the name Cassie Bernard? Yeah. She was the one in the, in the Colorado shooting in Columbine. Columbine, Colorado, where they put a gun to her head and told her to denounce her faith in Jesus Christ. And she stood and said, I will not. And she was shot point blank in the skull. Cassie Bernard. When we are in the midst of trial, God gives us a peace. He gives us a strength that is beyond any level of human comprehension. 
His word gives us the power to stand where we thought we could never stand before. The Christ, the living Christ, the living word within you will cause you to do in these last days supernatural exploits that you thought perhaps in your, nat in your natural self you wouldn't have been able to do. I'm telling you, there is a boldness, there is an authority, there is an anointing that is upon the church that Jesus Christ is building and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul put it this way. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He said, we are hard-pressed. I'm in verse 8, sorry. We are hard-pressed at every side and yet not crushed. Somebody say amen. amen. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. You need to make these proclamations over your life, over your family, over your marriage, come on, over your children, over your household. We are hard-pressed on all sides, but yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. And listen, when I say persecuted, just because Facebook didn't allow you on for three days doesn't mean you're being persecuted. That's not persecution in America. I know some of you tried to put that on your portfolio. We're struck down, but he says we're not destroyed. Reality tells us in experience that problems are going to come in life. But in knowing God, we can rise victoriously. Those that have an eternal perspective, hear this tonight. An eternal perspective and a strength that only comes from God himself. They can draw from the God of all comfort. I'm telling you, we need to be drawing forth from the presence of the God of all comfort. There are heavenly exchanges and transactions that happens in the house of God as we worship corporately. There's, there's so many things that happen in this place. That's why it's so important for people to be in the house of God. And, an, and in an actual place where there is an anointing. There are many churches that don't need the Holy Spirit. They can do everything that they do without the Holy Spirit. And they're happy to do it without the Holy Spirit. We are completely dependent on God right here. We are completely dependent upon God right here. There are so many divine exchanges that happens. There's an impartation from the God of all comfort. You can come in this room completely just depleted. You've had a week of hell. But in moments of the presence of God like this, you can be so refueled. It's where, you know, God can just uncork the tub and let all of that anxiety drain out. And then he fills you with fresh oil and fresh joy. Once again, if you walked in here, oh, my God, how are we going? Uh, and you didn't know, but it's like you just mount up with wings of eagles as you waited on the Lord. And then as we say our, our formal benediction around here. <laughs> You guys just mount up with wings of eagles and just go out of here soaring. How did it happen? It happened by the exchange of coming into the presence of God. 
And you had an exchange of his glory upon you. You traded in your sorrow and he gave you refreshing. Come on, are you with me? You traded in your pain and God put in joy. Glory to God. Glory. No problem and no tragedy has the capacity to be insurmountable. That means it cannot overcome God. Nothing that we are facing in this hour can overcome God. Are you hearing me tonight? Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul writes these words. In verse 38, he said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Notice how he started. I am persuaded. Brother, you got to be fully persuaded tonight that whatever comes, God has you in his grip. And he's not letting go. I'm not trusting in my own strength. My name, Brian, it means strength. I'm not trusting in the power of my own strength. My strength's about that big. And tonight it might be a little bit lower. <laughs> but I'm trusting in the limitless power of the strength of God. And that is what I want you to be tapping into. The limitless power. The limitless power of your Father. And He is also the God of all comfort. He's the God of tender mercies. Guys, there ain't anything going on in your life and your world that the throne of God is not sitting on top upon. He knows everything in your world. He knows every anxiety that goes through your mind. Every, every strand of fear that might hit you and go through your thoughts or through your imaginations. When those things hit, that's when you, not, you need to start talking to God and speaking it, it out loud to Him. Saying, Lord, see, if you're, going to, if you're going to stop these things in their tracks to cast down every vain imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, you have to be open with the Lord. And when I, when I feel those things or see those things or, or those imaginations go through my mind, I'm like, Lord, you know what just went through my mind right there. You ever had the enemy talk to you? Okay, four honest people. I said, have you ever had the enemy talk to you? That's when you say, Lord, you, you probably heard that thought that just went through my mind. You probably heard what he's trying to forecast. What he's trying to forecast and telling me this is coming. You better get ready for this. You ever been there? That's when you say, Lord, that right there, that right there. Let's talk about that right there. I am taking that captive right now. I am taking it captive, and I'm binding it up right now in the name of Jesus. And by your authority, I'm casting down every wicked imagination, any soulish thought. So I do not attach my spirit to that thought. I renounce it. 
I give no allegiance to it. I break it off of my life right now, and I declare I have total victory over it and triumph in Jesus' name. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And that's how you almost spill your water. Nahum chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, the Lord is good, and he's a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust him. I love that. He's a refuge in times of trouble. Psalm chapter 145, verse 18 and 19. And the Lord is near to all of those who call upon him. Man, I feel this. To all who call upon him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. God hears us. God knows. God knows the pain that we feel in our lives. Where is God in tragedy? He's right there with you. You know, the Holy Spirit is your counselor. He's not only your helper, he's your counselor. People spend thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars to lay on a couch and talk to somebody who cannot solve their problems, cannot help their issues. When you've been given the Holy Spirit, did you know Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth? He will only tell you the truth. He'll never lead you into a detour. He'll never lead you into a dead end. He will always tell you the truth. In fact, the Holy Spirit will always tell you the hard truth. He won't just tell you the beautiful truth. He'll tell you the ugly truth. We need the Holy Spirit to counsel us. And you've been given the Holy Spirit. You can trust the Holy Spirit. When you call upon him in truth, he says, I will hear you and I will save you. I'm almost done. Hebrews chapter four tonight. This is important. This is concerning Jesus and concerning his covenant to us. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 through 16. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Man, that inspires me. I'm telling you, that inspires me right there. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. Just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to us in our time of need. Guys, I, I'm praying that I'm encouraging you tonight. Our king, our king is able to literally sympathize with our weakness. He who knew no sin became sin, literally, so that we might become the very righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. He knows what it is to be a man. He knows what it is to be the God-man, to walk into this earth and face the fears and the anxieties of this planet. We are in a fallen planet. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you again, he's going to renew all things in the kingdom that is to come. But before he does, he says, I'm with you. I'm with you now. 
I'm the God of tender mercies. I'm the God of all comfort. I'm with you now. I understand the perplexities of your life. I understand the pressures that you are in. I understand how they're trying to manipulate you and leverage you and cause you to move into fear. You don't have to do it. I want to end with these words tonight, and they're the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 24. These are words of warning. I've pointed to these words many times in the last two months. The last two months, you've heard this time and time again. These are the words of Jesus. Because of the increase of wickedness, or perhaps your translation says because of lawlessness will abound, the love of most will grow cold. Are you with me? There is so much insanity in this world. And just when we think it can't get any more crazy, we get a whole nother helping of crazy. And another side, another side. I didn't order that. Yeah, here's another helping. Another side of insanity. Another layer of absolute insanity. God is not an indifferent bystander. And don't you dare think that God's not going to judge so much of what we have been crying out for. He has not led his ecclesia to a dead end and had us praying all these years only to give us nothing. Jesus said, Jesus said, if you ask for bread, will you be given a stone? No, no, no. It seems like we're in a divine delay right now. A divine delay. But we haven't been denied. God is going to answer the prayers that he made us pregnant with. God is going to shake all that can be shaken in this nation. He will have America. The Lord will have America. My charge to you this night, my dear friends, do not let your heart go, grow cold. Do not let your heart grow cold. Let your heart be set freshly burning on fire from the, for the Lord daily. And how are you going to do that? You're going to take this and you're going to hide it away in your heart. You're going to cherish the word. You're going to put the word first place in your life. You're going to let the word be your final authority. You're going to cherish the word. You're going to worship the Lord. You're going to walk with the Lord. You're going to let him put fresh inspirations in you. You're going to let him cause you to become a prophetic voice, a true voice, a bold voice in this hour. And you're going to overcome. And we overcome the enemy by the and the word of our testimony. That's right. Cody, would you come? I hope, I, uh, I hope I've done you well tonight. I'm so thankful the Lord helped me preach tonight. I'm so thankful.
And I'm so thankful that I am the healed of the Lord, too. Amen. By his stripes, we are healed. Tonight, I don't know everybody in this house, but I want to look at you in the love of the Lord and tell you plainly but boldly, today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. Today, today is the day of salvation. Maybe you're in this place and you got derailed in the story of life. You got hurt. You got wounded. You went through a divorce. You went through a sickness. Who knows? And you fell away from the Lord. I'm telling you, my friend, tonight is the night to come home. Tonight is the night to come back to Jesus. Maybe you're a prodigal sitting in this room. I don't know. Maybe you're a prodigal. Maybe you've run from God. Maybe you've been angry at God. Maybe all the adversity that you've been going through has caused you to run. Or maybe you hit tragedy and it caused you to run away from God instead of running to God. He's the God of all comfort. And he's been very, very patient over your life. He's been very patient for you. If you're in here tonight, and if that's you, if you've been a prodigal or if you've been away from God, maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord tonight. Maybe tonight you would say, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior this night. If you meet any one of those criterias, I want you to slip your hand up tonight. If that's you, we want to pray for you tonight. If that's you, we want to pray for you tonight. Don't delay. If that's you, don't delay. We want to pray for you tonight. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Okay, that's good. Let's stand. All of us stand tonight. Thank you, Lord. Father, tonight we say that you are faithful. You are faithful, God. We say that you are the keeper of America. You are the God and the Father of the United States of America. Father, tonight we thank you that you are wooing America back to you. Father, we decree and declare the prodigal nation is getting on the road back home. Father, we decree that your will shall be done and your kingdom shall come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we decree that you are bringing justice and righteousness to the evil works of darkness. Not only exposure, but justice. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. 
Lord, I pray that in the midst of, of this warfare, and it is an epic warfare, and Lord, you feel everything that we feel. You know the turbulence that we are facing. Even within our own thoughts and our minds, you are right here. You are not just with us. You are in us. You are in us. You discern every thought, every question. Lord, I thank you tonight that you are strengthening every man of God and every woman of God in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, that as we are waiting upon you, you are renewing our strength. We will run and grow. We will run. Huh. We will. We shall mount up with wings as eagles. We shall run and not grow weary. Every bit of weariness flee away in Jesus' name. We shall walk and not faint. We shall soar as mighty eagles in this hour. Lord, tonight as the family of God goes home, I pray, Lord, for sweet times and encounter times in your presence in the secret place with you. I pray refreshing upon the family of God. I know, Lord, you're releasing encouragement tonight. You're restoring tonight, healing tonight. You're the healer, healer of bodies. You're the healer, Lord, of minds, of souls. You're the healer of emotions. You're our healer tonight. I thank you, Father. I thank you. It's all in your anointing right now. I want our prayer team to begin to prepare themselves and begin to come now into the altar. We're going to release our prayer team for anything that you have prayer for tonight. I'm so thankful for those that have prepared themselves. They've spent quality time with God. They're ready to meet with you tonight. They're ready to pray for you. There's such power in agreement. Say that tonight. There is such power in agreement. Say it again. There is power in agreement. If you need prayer for anything tonight, let the prayer team minister to you this night. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bless you. Have a miracle week. Good night, everybody. Altars are open.
know, I think about the upper room. Jesus said, go wait and tarry. And so they waited and they tarried, but then when they went out, they went out. When the Holy Spirit fell, they went out and they did great exploits for him. The Spirit of God moved and and there was power released and change and transformation came. And so I believe that that's what God's doing. So we can't just get, we wholeheartedly believe in prayer, but we don't get stuck in prayer and just get stuck in prayer. It's prayer is for something, and it takes you into a place of activation. It's okay for the waiting time in that prayer. Don't get frustrated at that, but it is taking you somewhere. Prayer is taking you somewhere, okay? And I feel like that's what God wants us to remember tonight, that it's not just it's not just about prayer. He is getting ready to take us somewhere to do great exploits, corporately and individually. And so I just really felt led to release that. There are many people, intercessors, who have prayed. I've heard this from people who've been a part of revivals. Intercessors have prayed for revival, but they could never enter into the revival. Either either they would never, they, they had to step away from it. Sometimes they would even you know, speak against it because maybe it didn't look like what they thought or anything. That's not going to be us. Okay, so prayer is wanting to take us somewhere, and I just want to release that tonight to get ready for God to use you to do great exploits for him. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.